Oh, Father in heaven, we just thank you and praise you for this time that we can come together to hear your word be spoken, Lord. And Lord, I just pray that you would speak through me into all our hearts and minds, Lord, so that we may learn and grow and glorify you through our time here. And Lord, I just pray that uh, you would do your work here tonight. Lord, there's lots of work that needs to be done, me included. So Lord, we just surrender ourselves to you right now. Lord, may you guide, direct, and just overall use this time to glorify yourself and to build something good within us. Lord, we praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. I have never taught this passage. Okay, and it's going to be 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now, most people know this as the love chapter, and it's always spoken at weddings. Right? Most people know that, you know, this is, this is the go-to for the wedding. Okay? But how many of us actually know what the context of 1 Corinthians 13 is? But all of 1 Corinthians is actually about the church and how the church is supposed to be done. Okay? Paul is writing a letter to the church in Corinth and he's telling them, this is how you're supposed to do this. This is how the saints are supposed to meet together. And this is how you're supposed to act towards one another. Hey, there's lots of that through the Bible, but this is specifically for that. Okay. So I'm going to read the chapter and then we'll discuss a little. Okay. So if I speak human or angelic tongues, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give away all my possessions, and if I give over my body in order to boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy, is not boastful, is not arrogant, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not irritable, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. I became a man. I put aside childish things. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. <clears throat> but then face to face. Now I know in part. But then I will know fully as I am fully known. Now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. When you read it in the context of this is how we're supposed to actually treat one another, not just a husband and wife, but all of us as believers, hey, even towards the unbelieving, we're still supposed to be loving, you know, even though showing the unbeliever that they have a sin issue and that there is a way to fix this issue, 
That's a loving thing. It may not feel loving in the moment, right? When you're getting rebuked or admonished, it doesn't feel good, does it? No. No. Okay. I've had it happen enough times that I know it doesn't feel good. But afterwards, when the repentance takes place, when, when, the, when the new start, the fresh start from that point happens, everything is different. And it feels so much better because, man, I learned something. I know God is doing something. Okay. Oh, but in here, he's talking, you know, what are these like human words? Obviously, human words. Okay. But what is a tongue? Okay. Another way to translate that is language. Okay. It says that you could be speaking in another language. You could be speaking in the tongues of angels, which there is an angelic language. Okay. I can't deny that fact. But he says it doesn't matter if you speak in those things. If you have no love towards anybody or anything, what's the point? Right? That's the whole first paragraph. He's like, if you don't care, if you don't love, if you don't treat people the right way in love, if you don't admonish people in love, if you don't have faith you know, in love, what's the point? You're just making a bunch of noise, right? You guys have all kind of been through something similar to this, right? You've been talked to by somebody and you're like, man, this person doesn't give a rip about me. Why do I listen? Why would I listen? But when you know that they actually care because they've shown you that they actually have a love for you, you're more willing to listen, right? Like this person actually cares, right? And sometimes it takes a minute to get to that point. Right? But we need to love one another. We need to show that love toward one another. It doesn't matter what stage of life you're in. There should be some sort of love coming from your life. Okay? And that's why he says all these different things about what love is. Right? Love is patient. We all know what patience is. We don't like patience. <laughs> Everything in our microwave culture is now, now, now. Lord, change me now. God, sanctify me now. Hey, I want that job now. I want to get out of the program now. Hey, I want now, 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 now. Everything is now. But we need to be patient. Right? Because love is produced in patience. Hey? Love is produced in kindness. We all know what kindness is. That doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out, right? Be kind to somebody. Hey? You have somebody who has a hard time walking and they're sitting down to eat, bring them their tray. Bring them a cup of water. Okay? Help people. That's kindness. Sit there and listen to somebody who's struggling. That's kindness. Okay? And your kindness will come from a place of love. <coughs> Even if you struggle with the idea of love. I mean, in American culture, we have like one word for love. In the Greek, there's like eight different versions. Okay? Love means something different in each circumstance. Okay? But amongst believers, we're supposed to have that brotherly love where we care for one another no matter what. Okay? But then you're also supposed to care for those who are outside of what you believe. Okay? And then he continues, he says that, you know, love does not envy. It's not supposed to be envious. Okay, if you actually love somebody and you care for somebody, you're not going to be envious 
of where they're at in their stage of life. Right? You can look around the room and go, this guy's in a different stage than me. But why would I be envious of where they're at when I know that God is working towards putting me in a different area? God is working something in me so that I could be at a different place. I don't have to be like everybody else. Okay? Okay, so it doesn't envy. Okay? <clears throat> it's not boastful. It's not going, hey, look at me. Right? Because I'm something special. Look at me. But I'm not up here because I want to be looked at. Hey, I'd rather be the guy behind the scenes half the time. Hey, I'd rather be the one doing the work that nobody else sees. Hey, if that means it's a one-on-one -on -one counseling session, then that's what it means. If it means I'm, sta I'm standing in one of the stairwells with a guy who wants to kill himself, that's what I'm going to do. Okay? These things have happened. We have gone through these things. Okay? But we do them because we love them. We love people. We want to be with people. So it's also that it's not arrogant. So it's not prideful. It's hard to be prideful and loving at the same time. Right? The two things don't mix. And you, can't, you can't have both. Hey, because if you're prideful, who are you loving? Yourself. You're loving yourself. Right? That's what pride is. It's all about loving yourself. It's all about look at me, look at me. Okay, pride and arrogance go together. Hey, it's not rude. If you love somebody, are you going to treat them like crap? No. If you truly love somebody, you're going to treat them right. And you're going to lead them and walk with them and help them in whatever ways that you are able to do. Okay, love is not self-seeking. This one's hard. Because hey, if you do go in the context of a marriage, right, the husband is supposed to sacrifice himself for the wife, and the wife is supposed to sacrifice herself for him. Okay? Those things are hard to do. Sacrificing yourself, dying to yourself, are hard things to do. We don't want to do it because it requires surrender, and surrender is seen as something as weakness. But surrender is not weakness. Surrender is probably one of the most powerful things that we could actually do, right? Because we're showing that I'm not in control. I'm not about living for myself. And we should be seeking to help others more than we're seeking to benefit ourselves. Okay? And in turn, you'll see that your life is growing in abundance because you are doing the will of God. You are loving other people. God calls us to love people. And he even says, if you don't love your brothers and sisters in Christ, you are not one of them. You know how hard and scary that is? You can do all the right stuff. You can live the Christian life. You can do this. You can do that. You can look like a true follower of Christ. But, if you don't love the brothers and sisters in Christ, you are counted as somebody who is still dead and not alive in Christ. It's kind of a scary thought, right? I'll even just read it to you. 1 John chapter 3, verse 14. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers and sisters. The one who does not love remains in death. 
Everyone who hates his brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. That should be very, very sobering to each and every one of us. That we should be loving, not fake love, but true love towards one another. Hey, love is not irritable. Hey, it's hard, but it's easy to become irritable towards other people, right? Because we look at them and we're like, man, they're not doing what I'm doing. I'm doing good. Yeah, I am. They're here. I'm here. Right. And you can look at somebody who's at a different place in life with you and you can become irritable and go, man, they suck. I can't believe this, you know, but if you truly love somebody, how hard is it to reconcile being irritable towards them? Very hard. If you truly love somebody, you're not going to be irritated with them. Okay. So now let's see. Does not keep a record of wrongs. Who else is really good at doing that? We all have this catalog, right? This catalog of things that have been done towards me. Hey, but you know what that's called? Unforgiveness. And what does the Lord say about unforgiveness? If you do not forgive, you will also not be forgiven. Some hard stuff, right? Hey, he tells us, Stop holding on to this record. Get rid of it, right? We're supposed to be like God in the matter of forgiveness. We're supposed to go, all right, I forgive you. I forgive you. I wholeheartedly forgive you. That sin is now as far as the east is from the west. That doesn't mean that you're just like, all right, now I drop it. You're my best friend again. No, forgiveness is forgiveness. But there might still be a trust that has to be rebuilt. And that's okay. But the only way you can start that process of rebuilding trust is by forgiving first. Okay? But if you forgive and the person shows no signs of repentance, then you need to just kind of wait until there's that sign of repentance. You've done your part in forgiving. Now they got to do their part in repenting. Okay? <clears throat> Okay, finds no joy in unrighteousness. A love finds no joy in unrighteousness. That means that we're not reveling in the sins of everybody else. We're not supposed to be putting things in front of us and going, yeah, cheering it on. Going, yeah, these sinners are doing great. We're not supposed to rejoice in unrighteousness. A true love calls out unfaithfulness. True love calls out sin. And we're supposed to live in righteousness. And it even says, rejoices in the truth. We rejoice in the truth. Hey, the truth, where is it found? This is where ultimate truth is found. 
Okay? God is the author of truth. And if this is God's word, then it is truth. Okay? So we know where we can find truth. We know where we can butt everything up against and know that it's either sound or not, and we can toss it. Okay? And now says it bears all things, believes all things, and hopes all things, endures all things. Okay? That means the true things. Okay? It, it bears with one another. Okay? Like Galatians talks about, you walk with your brothers in their struggles and help them along the way, being smart not to be dragged down by them, but you are supposed to walk with your brothers and sisters in Christ and help them in their struggles. Okay, so we need to take this stuff to heart and go, okay, how can I do better in this area? How do I love better? Well, the obvious first step is repent of your unlovingness. And then look to the author of love on how to love because he gave you the outline right here in this chapter he gives you the outline of how to love also in 1 John chapter 3 it says this is how we have come to know love right so here's a good answer for you he laid down his life for us we should also lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters worry about it. You're good. <laughs> right? We're supposed to have a sacrificial love just like Christ did. That means taking time to meet with somebody. It means taking time to sit with somebody. It means forgiving. Hey, we don't want to do these things. These things are not natural to us. Hey? That's why we need the supernatural help of the Holy Spirit. That's why we must rely on the Holy Spirit and live according to the way that He is calling us. And according to the way that He's calling us is found here. Loving one another in truth, in hope, in faith, in endurance, in righteousness, okay? in kindness. Okay? He says that love never ends. That means when we pass from this life into eternity, there will still be love. But these other gifts, they'll, they'll, they'll fade away when Jesus returns. And that's what the context is here. When Jesus returns, right? When the perfect comes. Well, what's the perfect? Well, Jesus. Okay, Jesus is the perfect one. So when Jesus returns, tongues will cease. Prophecy will cease because we won't need it. We got Jesus. He's right there. Okay? A lot of these things will cease. And then the knowledge that we have right now, okay, that we see kind of dimly, okay, because that's another way to put that right there. Whereas the reflection in the mirror, you know, it's not a perfect reflection because mirrors aren't perfect. Okay. But you're seeing the imperfect right now, right? We are imperfect. But when Jesus comes back, he will raise us perfect. He will make us perfect. 
And so we will have the perfect knowledge that God wants us to have. We will see things as they should be. And that knowledge only comes from Jesus. Okay? And so he's telling us, you know, faith will remain. Hope will remain. And love will remain. And love is greater than the other two. Because without love, those things are just pointless. We must love. We must grow in this. It is something that you can actually practice and you can pray for and you can live to gain more of. You can grow in love. You can grow in faith and you can grow in hope because they are all found in our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. Hey, and he says, come to me, surrender your life, submit to me, and I will increase these things in you because I will give you my Holy Spirit. Hey. It's hard to be loving. And I think we all know that. We all struggle with that. But I'm right there with you. I want to grow in that area. I want to love better. And this is the outline that I will submit myself to. To love the things that God has told me to love. Okay? Now that starts in my home with my family. That's the first and foremost ministry for me. But then you know where it goes? My second home. Right here. I'm with you guys almost as much as I am with my own family. And by now, I think you've all realized we aren't here because we make oodles of money. We're here because we love Christ and because we love you guys. Even though sometimes it may not seem like it because either we're busy or we're asking somebody to leave. Hey, it's never easy doing that stuff. And to go, I'm sorry, brother, but <laughs> you messed up and we're going to have to ask you to leave. Come back when you're ready to do things the right way. Those are never easy moments. And that's one of those behind the scenes things that you guys don't really see. Some of the anguish that we'll go through when we have to do stuff like that. Or when we see that somebody is just not progressing, even though they have every capability to do so. Right? How many of you realize you actually do have the capability to move forward in life? But like I said last time, you're so busy looking back here at everything you've done in your past that you're unwilling to take a step forward because you know it's going to go this way. We got to stop dwelling back here thinking that this is my life. This is not your life. Jesus died for all that. He says, you're forgiven and you're set free. He says, now lay down your life before me and let me live it for you. Okay? You are not inviting Christ into your life. You're asking to join his. So if you want to grow in love, you want to experience what faith, hope, and love is, surrender to Jesus and surrender every day. And he will teach you. And he will grow you in that area. 
Hey, you guys are loved. Even if you don't feel it right now. God is love and God created you in his image. Therefore, you are loved by him, but he does not want you to remain in your sin. So surrender to him right now and commit to following him and growing in the ways that he has called us to grow. Does anybody want to pray us out? I'll pray it out. Go for it, John. Father God, we thank you once again for uh, bringing us all here safely. And uh, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth. We thank you for showing us the way. We thank you for your sacrifice for us to have a new life. We thank you for your love, your kindness, your mercy, and your grace that you shed upon us each and every day as long as we choose to surrender to you. Even if we don't, it's still there for us to have. We love you for that. We thank you. I ask you to bless this building like we know you will anyways, but we still ask for it humbly. And we thank you. We say this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.